Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thinking Curious, where we unpack abstract ideas that are wrapped up in stories to discover truths that can help us live well and encourage us in our pursuit of purpose. I'm Jessica, your host. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today on Thinking Curious as we look at the third story in our short story series. This story was written by Edgar Allan Poe and is called The System of Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather. Now, growing up, I was not a fan of Edgar Allan Poe. I do remember my mom reading aloud Poe's poem, The Raven, but the only thing that stuck with me was the famous phrase, quote the raven, nevermore. I was never comfortable with the foreboding mood of his stories. And I don't remember how I came across this particular story, but I stuck with reading it through to the end. Honestly, it was tough for me to do. It kind of reminded me of why I never sought to read and think about Poe's writing, but I'm glad I persevered. Reading it caused me to recognize his talent for pulling the reader into the story and his ability to create settings that cause uneasiness a lack of balance, if not chaos. In speaking with people who enjoy his writing, an observation they make is that although he wrote about dark topics, he exposed the darkness instead of glorifying it. And I think this is what he did with today's story as well. As I reflected on the story, it struck me that unknowingly, Poe provides a picture of gaslighting in a compressed amount of time, as well as its devastating effects. What I mean to say, in everyday life, gaslighting takes time to have its full effect on a person or group, but this story takes place over the span of one day. Poe's story about Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather was published in 1856, after his death, before the word gaslighting was known. The term gaslighting originated from a play, Gaslight, written by Patrick Hamilton in the early 1900s, which later inspired two movies. In these productions, the leading lady is manipulated by her husband. She grows to doubt her own sanity because he questions and contradicts her observations about her actions, surroundings, and events while accusing her of being forgetful, disoriented, or of being a liar. Today, gaslighting is used to describe a form of psychological manipulation used to gain control. The gaslighter feeds the victim false information, contradicting the victim's own experiences, memories, knowledge, statements, and observations, creating self-doubt that eventually causes insecurity and confusion regarding their own capacity to perceive reality accurately. Poe's story, appropriately set in an insane asylum, generates an atmosphere of suspicion, insecurity, and confusion. It does not champion psychological manipulation or gaslighting. Instead, he illustrates some characteristics that make people more susceptible to gaslighting, as well as characteristics of those who use gaslighting to gain or maintain power. In fact, through one of the characters, Poe gives wise counsel, which became the source of a phrase used today, which is, believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see. When we hear that phrase, we may believe that it suggests that our senses of hearing and sight are not to be trusted. But considering that our senses are our primary means of learning about our world and reality, we need to question, is Poe suggesting that our senses are not to be trusted? His story, 
the system of Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather is classic Poe, gothic and psycho-emotionally charged. The setting of this story is autumn in the south of France during the 1800s. It is told in the first person by a young man recalling an event he experienced while visiting a private madhouse or hospital for the mentally ill. The hospital had a reputation for practicing a unique approach to treating their patients known as a system of soothing, in which confinement was seldom resorted to. It was an approach that allowed patients the liberty to move about the house and grounds dressed ordinarily, making no distinction between the patients, staff, or visitors. Upon arriving at the hospital for the mentally ill, the young visitor met Monsieur Mellard, the administrator, who informed him that the soothing method was discontinued. In its place was a new method of Mellard's own invention, based on the work of Professor Feather and Dr. Tarr. Much surprised, the visitor told Mellard that he was sure that no other mania treatment method existed in that country. Upon hearing this, the very confident Mellard instructed his visitor, You are young yet, my friend, but the time will arrive when you will learn to judge for yourself what is going on in the world without trusting to the gossip of others. Believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see. This is the whole quote from which the familiar phrase we started with originated. It seems that Poe's advice is that we need to watch, listen, and think for ourselves to judge accurately what is going on in our world. And this is the point at which Poe's advice is tested and we can recognize elements of gaslighting. The young man's retelling of his visit to the madhouse illustrates his constant struggle between the reality he saw with his eyes and heard with his ears and Millard's way of explaining away his sense of reality. Reading Poe's story carefully, we can detect a pattern. When the visitor questions the method of treatment Mellard has put into place or asks about the staff member's strange behaviors, Mellard answers with dismissive responses, redirects, and confidently asserts disparaging explanations. As the pattern persists, the young visitor eventually accepts the reasons offered by Mellard and his ability to question or identify outlandish behaviors diminishes. His openness and agreeableness work against him. He stops questioning what doesn't make sense. His awareness becomes dulled. His ability to detect truth about his environment becomes murky. He surrenders his reason in reaction to the manipulative narrative crafted by the man in charge. It came to a head when the young man joined the staff at dinner where he became increasingly insecure as he witnessed the entire staff lose emotional and moral control. Their lunacy was displayed by some wearing antiquated clothing, others acting like animals or inanimate objects, and by one person's attempt to undress at the table. Mellard's response to the uproar vacillated between sternly correcting it, joining in, or denying it whenever the visitor verbalized his astonishment. Poe does a marvelous job of creating a frenzied effect for the reader, akin to that which the young visitor felt, but less harmful and at a safer distance. What the visitor was seeing and hearing initially caused him great alarm because the actions of the staff contradicted reality, creating an emotionally tenuous environment for rational thinking. He could not respond appropriately to the growing melee because he allowed his shock, observations, and questions regarding the insane behavior of the staff 
to be dismissed by the assertions of the governing authority, Monsieur Mallard. The bottom line is that the young man yielded to somebody else the responsibility for judging what he should think about the events he was experiencing. He denied his senses and failed to exert his reasoning, which resulted in jeopardizing his safety. The frenzied behavior of the lunatic dinner party, of which he became a part, grew to a steady crescendo until the real staff burst upon the scene. Chaos exploded even more. Windows were broken. Fists were swinging in the air as the pretend staff from the dinner party fought off the real staff who had been forcibly confined by the patients. The visitor himself only escaped a thrashing by rolling under a living room sofa. The young man concludes his story by recalling truths made clear to him in the aftermath of his visit. This testimony of the young man leads the reader to believe that the disruptive and violent event he experienced broke through the delusion to which he had surrendered his reasoning. However, the reader is only temporarily relieved before the young man sums up the events of his visit. Reading the story allows a reader to become an observer, experiencing a small measure of the shock and confusion felt by those who have been gaslighted. The young man's final words support the fact that it takes time and a concerted effort in reasoning to the truth to overcome the effects of being gaslighted. Confusion can cloud our thinking when there is a disconnect between our senses and experience and the questions we ask are trivialized, dismissed, or demonized. Edgar Allan Poe's story, The System of Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather, gives a compressed picture of the practice and effect of gaslighting. Gaslighting is a manipulative practice employed by those who work to cause others to doubt their sense of what they know to be true. Over time, it conditions a person to accept a false message that continually washes over them, eroding their capacity to think for themselves, to decide for themselves what they believe, and to choose appropriate responses to reality. The young visitor wanted to learn about a unique, compassionate method of treating those with mental disorders. Monsieur Mallard gaslit him to hide the truth of the insurrection at the madhouse. Alas, the young visitor failed to apply the advice to judge for himself what was going on around him. We would do well to take Poe's wise counsel to judge for ourselves what's going on in our world in order to guard from being swept up, as a young man was, by the madding crowd. There's much more description, detail, and dialogue in this story that supports my observations. I didn't even get to tell you about the doctor and the professor, so I invite you to use the link below and read Poe's story for yourself. If you've ever been gaslighted, the events in the story may stir up some familiar feelings. Thanks to all the story lovers, thinkers, and curious who joined me today. Tap the follow button or ring the bell to catch the next show we'll be bringing you. Join the Thinking Curious Project to receive podcast announcements and updates, support our work, and receive advanced release of the Thinking Curious Review. The review is a deeper analysis of the topics that generate the ideas shared during the podcast.